Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Jane Irrigation Training Series. I'm Richard Rastusha, Vice President of Water Management Solutions at Jane, and uh, today we're going to be talking about soil moisture sensors, and more specifically about the data that you get from your soil moisture sensor and how you interpret that data. And I, I can tell, you know, easily when we send out invitations to our training, when we've hit on a subject that people really want to know about, and I, and I see this from the amount of people that sign up right away. And boy, Connor, I can tell today, this is a very interesting subject to a lot of people by the number of people that have responded today. Right. So uh, I, I'm, I am really thankful that we have uh, Connor Cunningham, uh, who's going to lead us uh, through this discussion today. And, uh, you know, Connor's uh, been with Jane for a while, but more importantly, you know, he was born and raised in the Central Valley. He's a biology major from Fresno State, and he's been working uh, very intricately in uh, ag technology in the Central Valley for the last four years. He's really embedded himself in that uh, environment and uh, really knows it, uh, all the ins and outs. And I know if I was starting a farm tomorrow in the Central Valley, uh, Connor would be one of my first calls. So well, Connor, <laughs> welcome and thanks for joining us today. Of course, thanks for having me. And uh, you know, thank you for the nice words too. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And like you said, you know, based on the attendance that we have here, uh, it's really exciting to see. I always thought that soil moisture data and soil probes were so run of the mill that it wasn't really going to be that exciting. But the more I thought about it, and as we were getting ready for this webinar and, and seeing the attendance today, it, it's clear that there's still a hunger to, to dive deeper. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what we're going to be doing today. So um, instead of just talking about what soil moisture probes are and you know what they can do, we're actually going to be learning a little bit more about reading the data and then also what does that data mean in our day-to-day -day lives? So that's the goal for today's talk. Yeah, that's great. You know, when you think about it, Connor, the uh, expense that you incur, right, the investment you make into a soil moisture monitor and uh, the hardware uh, and then the software and the dashboard, Jane, Jane Logic, to run it in comparison right. to the investment you've made in your field and the value can, you can get from that. This has got to be one of the smartest decisions a grower can make. Uh, to, in, to invest in a soil moisture sensor, and more importantly, some software to help them interpret the data. So uh, yeah, yep. so tell us about what we, what should we should be looking for. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I agree with that statement. I think that whatever investment you're making into uh, further analytics, um, there's that saying that um, if you can measure it, you can manage it. And I think that's very true. Something as simple as a soil moisture probe can really make a big impact on how we view the entire ecosystem on the farm, uh, just having some further insight deeper into what our eyes can see. And, you know, like you hit on it, Jane Logic is the program that we provide to our growers to help provide that analytics and provide that, that ease of access to that data. So today we're really going to be uh, focusing on Jane Logic, but that doesn't mean that um, there aren't other sources and other data loggers that can access these probes. These probes are something that you can buy off the shelf that we connect up to our devices, but Jane Logic is where the magic happens and how the data is displayed. So we're gonna be looking at it through that lens today. So I think what's also really cool about what you're doing today, Connor, is uh, of course you've got a PowerPoint deck that we're gonna look at, 
But uh, more importantly, you're going to take us through some uh, live shots of the software. And right. you know, I'm always appreciative of that because I'm always amazed at how fast our software works. Mm -hmm. And so uh, yep. our, our viewers will get an opportunity to see that uh, real time and, uh, and, and see what the software would look like for them as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we've invested a lot of money in the back end at Jane to ensure that our users and future users have the optimal experience and have as most uptime as possible with the systems because I know that that's a big concern. So yeah, let's, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the PowerPoint. And then uh, we'll also look at uh, some live demo in the JaneLogic system here. Okay, so great. While you're setting that up, I'm just going to remind everybody that they can use the uh, chat feature as well as the Q&A to ask us uh, questions. Uh, I'll be reading those and fielding those questions and passing them on to Connor as we go. So, Great. I'm looking forward to it. So to begin, <clears throat> as we had discussed, uh, Multiple ways to access your soil moisture probe, different types of data loggers available, but we're going to be looking at this through the scope of Jane Logic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch over to the Jane Logic platform here, and we're going to be looking at two sites specifically. We're going to be looking at what we call the default measurement or the traditional chart, and we're going to be looking at the infiltration widget or the infiltration chart. So I'll show you how to access that. So it's very simple. We're just going to go ahead and open up Jane Logic in our web browser. Um, my password's already saved. Thankfully, our technology is smart enough to do that so we don't have to remember these things. And what we're going to do is you'll notice that there's a few icons on my map here at the bottom, and each icon represents a different uh, sensor or sensor set that's connected to our communication device. So we're actually going to be looking for one that has a gas gauge looking icon on it. So I can see that we have three soil moisture sites here. And I'm gonna work with this one here that has a question mark on it because I wanted to use this as a demonstration for today to show not only how to read the data, but also how to set the data up so that way we can go into the season with confidence. Connor, I've got a question. It looks sure. like the map we're looking at is pretty much a map of uh, a greater portion of uh, California, Central Valley, mm -hmm. all the way down to LA. Right. Uh, if this is my map and my farm in Fresno or just outside of Fresno, am I gonna get just my farm? Correct, correct. The reason that it's so zoomed out is because we have a number of sites here um, strewn about this section of California. So it's trying to encompass all of the sites that we have available. But if I were to just click on just this subset right here, just this ranch, it would zone, it would zoom in right on the section that we're focusing on. So if you had just the one site on your ranch, this is what the scale that you would be looking at. You wouldn't be looking at <laughs> the Western United States there. Yeah. Okay, so to, and then, and then the, the question mark, what, what's that about? Right. So if you notice that some of these other sites, the, the, the icons were actually filled in were actually colored. Those are, those are live. So those icons will change color based on the status of the sensor. So in the case of soil moisture, if it starts to get drier, it's going to shift through the colors of yellow to orange to red and vice versa it'll start to shift up to green to blue to dark blue as it gets wetter so this one doesn't have those indicators set on it yet so we're actually going to be doing a live example here later on in the presentation where we'll actually set that and you'll see that this icon will change live while we're doing this but for the time being you can select the station either from the list mode right here which i personally like um, or you can just click on the icon itself and you notice how the right hand of the page will re 
refreshing here. So when we're looking for soil moisture data, um, thankfully the top two widgets here are what uh, are where we're going to find our soil moisture data. So we have our default measurement chart, which I had mentioned, um, which we also call our traditional chart. And then we have our infiltration widget um, or infiltration chart. I'll use those terms synonymously here. So, um, so yeah, and mm -hmm. I just want to be clear, um, you're calling these widgets, it could be called a chart, that would be a, a right. another word for it, right? Or yeah, exactly, exactly. It, the widget is is basically a dedicated place for a certain data set is, is all that it is. It's just fancy terminology. And um, the nice part about Logic is it offers multiple levels to be able to interact with your data. So you saw that those icons were color-coded. And then we can see here that we have yet another layer of data. So at a glance, at a 30,000-foot view, we can see what the current status is. And then when we click on it, we can get two more quick views into our soil moisture data. And then as we continue to dive deeper here, we're gonna come up to this detail button and go ahead and click on that. And this is where we're gonna start doing our deep dive and we're gonna start doing some of our analysis here. And so this is intimidating to look at. I'm just gonna go ahead and be upfront about that. <laughs> it is, you know, because, uh, you know, it looks like, uh, looks like an EKG, right? It looks like I'm right. uh, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm not sure how to interpret this data. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. is, it, is it that hard to learn? Well, I don't think that I'm a very smart guy. And if I can figure it out, then I think most of us can all figure it out. So, <laughs> but what I'll go ahead and do is if you come over here onto the side, we can click on some of these depths to try to decrease the amount of data coming in. And you'll notice that the number of um, graphs on this right-hand side here is decreasing. I'm going to go ahead and bring those back out again. So each colored line here represents a different depth on the probe. So this is important to bring up because probe manufacturers, these types of sealed probes, like the one that we're looking here, they have multiple points that they're sensing soil moisture in the data. So as we're thinking about and planning deploying one of these devices on our farm, we want to be cognizant of the type of root zone that we're trying to monitor. So we don't want a five-foot probe monitoring uh, a lettuce block out in Salinas, right? <laughs> that, that just wouldn't make sense. We would get away just fine with a two-foot probe. But uh, alternatively, if, if we're looking at tree nuts, uh, typically we're putting a 48-inch probe out in tree nuts. In this particular example, we actually have a 60-inch uh, 60 or a five-foot probe in some Chardonnay, and that's because uh, depending on how you grow grapes in the region that you're in, grape roots can actually chase the water and you can actually have a pretty deep root zone. So you just want to be cognizant of A, what kind of soil type are you working with? Um, is your soil type different as you move down the profile? And then what kind of crop are we working with? So Connor, I can always specify on my soil moisture sensor how many inches I want the, the sensors to be. Um, four, eight, 12, yeah, so different manufacturers uh, make them at different space intervals. Uh, we, have, we have access to some probes that are at every four inches. We have some that are every eight. In the example we have here, we have a sensor at every foot. So it just depends on the type of granularity that you're looking for. You know, if you, if you know that you have a soil that has some really tough infiltration issues, you might want to go with a, de a denser sensored probe than something like we have right here. So that way you can really start to pick through exactly where you're seeing those issues in your soil. And so 
what we're looking at here on this graph is each one of these lines represents one of those sensors in the depth of the soil. And so with this type of data, you can see as I'm scrolling along, as you scroll along here, you can see these values will change. So I'm gonna go ahead and move over here to some more drastic changes and I'm gonna slow down. So as I move my mouse across, we're gonna see that we're at a value of 109% volumetric capacity. And then we're gonna move down here towards the bottom, we're gonna get 94. So when we're looking at a graph like this, as the data increases, so does the moisture content in our soil profile. And alternatively, as it starts to come down, that means that the water is actually drying out of your soil profile. So you wanna make sure that when you're looking at the soil moisture data, you wanna make sure that you're understanding what view you're looking at your data. Are you looking at it where as things move up, that means that you have more, so, uh, excuse me, more moisture in your soil profile? Or as we'll see in just a second, does it mean that the soil, the water's actually moving through? So in this view, we're looking at water being accumulated. So, so Connor, just to be mm -hmm. clear, um, if I'm a grower and I want to, and I think it's been hot the past few days, and I want to see how much moisture is in my soil, I can get pretty close to a real-time view of what's happening there. Yeah, correct. So our, our devices update every 15 minutes and every 15 minutes it's uploading whatever recent data it's collected from the sensors to the cloud. We do have alert functions and those alert functions can alert you on anything from high pressure events to even soil moisture. So if you wanted to be alerted on when it's drying down, we can set those alerts up for you in the system. So I'm going to go ahead and close out of this detailed view on our chart and um, one thing I'm gonna go ahead and point out on the side is as, as you're starting to look at some of this data, this top line here is actually taking into consideration all of the data from here, here, and here. This is actually a sum of these other uh, soil moisture readings from these different depths. So this is the one that's, that's telling us what's going on totally in our soil profile. And then we can look each depth. And then also make sure to pay attention to the scaling on the right-hand side because not all changes in the data from a visual mean a whole lot. Sometimes it's a very minute change, but it's not, it's not that big of a change in comparison to some of these other big, what we call peaks and valleys in the data. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was looking at that top area and I was saying, how do we get over 100%? Right, right. <laughs> it's a total of all the others. And I exactly. got it. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. Yep, of course. So that explains the default measurement. So now we're going to go to the other area where we can view and interact with our soil moisture data. And this is the infiltration with or the infiltration chart. So what this chart does, and we're going to see some more examples of this in the presentation when we move back here. But instead of watching the data move up visually, we're actually now gonna be watching the data moving down. So what this chart is doing is it's taking all those line graphs and it's condensing it into a single view. And this is gonna allow us to see how deep our water moves and how quickly it gets down to that depth. So you can see here, what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna move my cursor to the screen. I'm gonna click and hold to zoom in on this one spot right here. So that way we can see some of this detail here. So we can see that um, this, this block actually received two different irrigation events. And we can see that in our irrigation log down here below. And we can see that 
after this first one occurred here for two hours, we can see that it only got down to a depth of 12 inches. And then alternatively too, the second depth right here, or excuse me, the second irrigation event here, almost around the same time got down a little deeper. So maybe this area got hit with some of that rain and it was already primed to start pulling some more of that water down because we know that water molecules actually stick to each other and will pull each other in a chain. So maybe something like that was happening here where it was coupled with a rain event that happened right after it or who, who knows exactly what was happening. I don't live down in that area. <laughs> but the nice part is, is that all these events are captured here in the system. And so this is actually recorded. And this is important for us at the end of the season when we need to report back how much water did we apply to a certain block. We can actually pull this from the system and email it to ourselves and then forward that on to whoever needs to know about it. Yes, so, Connor, th this says right. rain and irrigation events. Mm -hmm. How do I know this was a uh, irrigation event and not rain? Right, so irrigation events show up as blue highlight and rain events will show up as orange highlight. When we jump back to the PowerPoint here, I'll show you an example of that. Also, this icon, if it was a rain event, would end up being a little cloud instead of a little a water droplet here. So you would see that difference between the two. The part where it's gonna get tricky is when we look at flood events and I'll, I'll show you another example of that too. So just gonna quickly jump back to the PowerPoint and I'm just gonna give a refresher here by coming to the next slide. So we have our traditional chart, which we just saw. We learned how to look at the data there. We learned that as the data moves up and we start to get those peaks of those valleys, up means more water, down means less water. And then on the right-hand side here, we have our infiltration chart. And we know that we're gonna, we, that the top of this chart is representative of our soil surface and the peaks down show us that water moving down into our soil profile. And so you asked about rain events here. So we can see on the screen here, we can see that the rain event is highlighted by the arrow in the orange bars on the graph. Another thing that we wanna look at here is just like we have the icons that change colors because we have set goalposts, those, those upper and lower perimeters. Also with the infiltration chart, we also have a root zone that we can use as our goalpost when we're thinking about how deep do we want our irrigation to penetrate. So this is important, again, referring back to making sure that we're choosing the right length probe for our root zone, because again, we wanna be able to measure it so we can manage it. We wanna have enough of a probe there that we can set a root zone that we're trying to target when we're applying our irrigation. We don't wanna go past it, but we don't want to never reach it. Yeah, so a couple of questions are coming in from the audience, Connor, and I, I uh, wanna ask them, I think they're important. Right. So traditional chart here, uh, there's different colored lines uh, are mm -hmm. the lines there to signify anything or just to differentiate between the different levels? That's a great question. So yes, the lines are color-coded by the system to help us differentiate the differences between the depths. So that way it's a little easier to, to pick through. Yeah. And then if uh, this other person's asking, if I'm doing my job as a water manager, then I should really be keeping the lines in the traditional chart uh, between the blue and the red. Yeah, correct. Correct. So... Typically, we've seen in the past um, with older systems or not as complex systems, we see that there's only a red and a green zone to work with. 
Jane Logic's taken it a step further, and what we've done is we've opened it up to have the space in the middle. We call it driving between the lines, right? So we want to drive between permanent wilting point or onset of stress and field capacity, you know, going past field capacity and going into saturation. So we've taken it a step further to giving us a little bit more complex complexity to work with to be that much more fine-tuned. Yeah. And then finally, the chart in the bottom right-hand corner, mm -hmm. this is actually showing uh, pretty good irrigation, right? It's getting into the right zone and the right time. It's not turning off too early and it's not pushing past the root zone. Is Am I interpreting that right? Yeah, you're definitely interpreting that correctly. And this is where it's going to take a little bit of local knowledge. So on this chart on the bottom right-hand side, um, the, the two irrigation events that are kind of bordering that go well into our targeted or our desired zone, um, those are probably irrigation events that we're trying to refill the root zone. But this irrigation event in the middle could have been some sort of an application event. Maybe we needed to apply a certain pesticide or maybe we were giving it a shot of nutrients. So that's where it takes a bit of local knowledge, but it's good to know that even with those small shots that it's being captured by the system. So that way we can report that later on. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I'm ask, asking these questions, right? That are coming from the audience about, you know, these charts. And sometimes you forget how amazing it is that we're actually seeing what's taking place below the soil line, right? right. This, is, if this is an area we would normally not know anything that was going on, right? We yeah. would just be flying blind. So yeah, yeah. it's really- We'd, uh, we'd really be out amazing. there, you know, doing the auger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, you know, doing the push auger, right? So this allows us to be able to have that level of detail and that level of knowledge without having to spend that amount of time. It doesn't mean that we're never going out into the field, we're never doing ribbons and, and verifying with hand feel method. It just means that we have something that's giving us a higher uh, count of data points that we can work from instead of you know a once a week or maybe a once you know biweekly uh, soil auger test. So it gives us, a look, like you said, more, uh, a viewpoint into the soil that we haven't been able to look at uh, as well in the past. So the next part, you know, now that we understand, you know, a little bit about what tools we have available, I want to I then move into how do we look at using these tools in our day-to-day -day lives? How do we look at trends in the data and how do we compare that and correlate that to agronomic terms that we're familiar with day-to-day? So, you know, I put up terms on the slide here, things like field capacity, manageable allowable depletion and permanent wilting point. We can look at those things and be able to identify those types of factors in the data. And so uh, we can then also take into consideration other tools, look at what is our agronomist telling us? What is our PCA telling us about the upcoming forecast? And we can also look at weather and then look at our data and say, how much gas do I have in the tank to work with to get ready for these coming weeks? So this is actually a customer example up in Turlock. And I wanted to highlight two pieces from this because I thought this was a really good example. This is a live example. So we can see here, I have the bracket at the bottom talking about good irrigation time. His bounds probably should be adjusted a little bit. So that way um, his upper boundary more represents the bulk of his irrigation. But as we see as the month progressed, and you can see I have bracketed over here on the right-hand side that he was over-irrigating and get, getting past field capacity. So that could have been maybe uh, in that week last, uh, last year, it could have been getting really hot. There might've been a heat wave coming through. And so he's putting on a lot more water um, to try to get ready for that. 
but we do see here that he was putting on more than the actual soil could handle. So to get around that, we would want to decrease that amount of time, but increase the frequency of our events. And I can tell that we're getting past the field capacity because of the way that those uh, peaks are shaped. They look kind of like a, a Bowie knife tip or, or a shark tooth and that that's pretty indicative that we're going past the field capacity. You know, look at look at the other peaks that we have here in the irrigation timing. They're they're much more subtle peaks, and they're not they're not so sharp and so aggressive. And then again, Connor, we're we're looking at a total right of multiple zones, and that's why we're getting to 152 percent, 193 percent. Right, right. it's really taking the totals from three different zones. Right. Right. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, good eye. See, look, we're already learning. This is great. So <clears throat> I wanted to, you know, continue to bring home this point and show you an actual test that I did. So this is a test that we can do on any of our soil moisture probes. What I did is I took a, a four inch piece of PVC and I put it over the top of a soil moisture probe here in Fresno. And I packed some dirt around it to make sure that the water wasn't going to get out. And then I poured water into that tube. So that way it was a focused column right on the, the soil moisture probe. And I was doing this to help um, really identify in the data where was the field capacity for the soil and where was the refill point. So you can see I actually uh, filled it in two different um, time intervals. And we got up to 62 moisture units and we went down to 30 moisture units at the bottom. So you can see very clearly in the data, the, the two peaks where I went out and refilled that pipe at two different times. And so you can see that we reached field capacity because we have some of those peaks that we were just seeing. And then we got down to the bottom where it was drying out again. And then that way it helps us to better know exactly how the data works for our situation specifically. Right, it looks very similar. Uh, it's an automated manual percolation test that I do in the soil, right? Instead of mm -hmm. having to measure with a device, it's doing it electronically and, uh, and helping me set and understand how fast the water moves through the soil. Right, right. Because not, not everybody's situation is the same. Right. The, the nice part about this is that it's flexible and we can work with your situation specifically to bring you the most value. So it's, it's, it's very configurable and it's very modular. Yeah, it's great. It's very specific to my property then. Exactly, exactly. So here's another customer example here and we're looking at the infiltration widget here. I had mentioned looking at the difference between flood and pressurized events. And so again, you know, we have, we have our desired irrigation zone here with the green in the middle of the chart. And then we can see that the grower did a really good job of making sure to always stay within that goal that we had set for them. And we can see that they employed both pressurized irrigation methods and flood irrigation events that I have highlighted by the orange arrows on the bottom of the screen here. So I know that there's a subset of, of people out there that believe that if you have flood irrigation or if you're using ditch water to irrigate your crops, that it discounts you from being able to utilize a tool like this. And we can very clearly see here that it doesn't. We can see that these types of events are still captured in the system and are still logged for us to be able to refer back to and also to, to be recorded later on. That's really, uh, you know, that, that, that is one of the things I think we take for granted. We think, oh, if it's flood irrigation, we can't use technology. Right, uh, right. We actually can, and we can be more efficient 
and uh, better water managers by using the technology, even if it is flood. That's uh, right. that's really encouraging to hear. Yeah, yeah. I've actually personally installed one of these in a rice paddy as well. Huh. Uh, yeah. So it'll even work uh, three feet underwater. I'll tell you that. <laughs> So uh, another example here that I have listed is another infiltration chart. And this one I liked for two reasons. One, because the, the grower was using a different irrigation um, approach. They were doing a pulse irrigation. So that way they were, they were really spoon feeding not only the water, but the nutrients to the plant. And this was, this was a wine grape crop. And the other reason that I like this too is because it allowed them to look at the data to be able to differentially irrigate based off of phenological stage. So you'll notice that around mid-July in the chart here that these little, little spikes actually got even smaller. So they were able to differentially irrigate because they had the data to manage the stress in that wine grape. So that way they could get the desired flavor profile at the end of the year. And again, you know, we can see how this log is being captured below. And as we collect more and more data and our database gets bigger, we're building a local history. We're building a, lo a local data set and local forecast for our site specifically. So that's the beauty of, of having access to a system like this. Because yeah, then I can just save it year over year, right? And I can look right. back at what I did. I can say this was my yields. Uh, this is uh, the... You know, especially when it comes to grapes, as the award-winning wine I made with it, and right, I'll right. have all this data forever. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, so, something especially like like wine grapes, where the quality, excuse me, the quality is measured not only just on tonnage or or you know physical quality of, of the product, but we're looking at even further data like degrees bricks and um, and our tannins and things like that. This helps us to really identify with a data set. You know, what did we do right? What did, what did we do wrong? How, how can we change? So um, it's really good to have access to information like this. So now, if you can't tell, we're switching from good examples to bad examples. <laughs> uh, wow, somebody got a little busy there. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think busy, I, I don't know exactly how you would <laughs> describe it, but um, there's also a saying that if you put bad data in, you're gonna get bad data out. And uh, there's, there's just nothing really discernible um, from what this rover was doing. So I, I, along with having good examples of people being uh, good users in this system, I also wanted to throw some examples in of, of people who aren't really paying attention to their goals. There's a reason that you have this tool and it's to help you um, further increase your efficiency and further increase your productivity. And if you're not paying attention to it, um, it's going to show. <laughs> so um, not only in the infiltration chart at the top, but also in the log below, we can see just tons of inconsistency and just, just really random spontaneity. Um, so, you know, I guess my one recommendation for this grower was, I don't care if you're shooting way up above and way below, I just want to see something consistent. So that way we have a baseline to work from. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So here's another example of flood irrigation being captured by the system. And this is walnuts uh, here in the Central Valley. And I like this example because right away the data reveals to the grower um, exactly what needed to be done. Um, we were able to see that um, we're going well past our target zone, that our target zone was not being kept up to date for the maturity of the block. 
and <clears throat> that and that we were pushing water way out the bottom. And before I could even point this out, the grower himself actually made a comment about that and said, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm over irrigating my, my block, aren't I? And I said, it looks like it. And you know, one thing to point out here is the bottom of these peaks are flat. So even though he has a 48 inch probe, because the bottom of those peaks are flat, we can tell that he's pushing water well past that 48 inch and he's just, he's washing it right out the bottom. So he could quickly realize if I could cut back half an hour, an hour on a handful of my irrigation events during the season, that could add up to days at the end of the season that I've saved on not having to run my pump. So if we were actually seeing the exact point at which the uh, uh, irrigation stopped penetrating, we'd see more of a point on the end mm -hmm. instead of the flat. The flat's just saying right. it moved past here and this is the last place we've recorded it because that's all the depth on our soil moisture. Exactly. Anyway, you got it. Yeah. So you can see right here at the end of September one, um, it, it didn't get all the way down to the, it only got down to 44 inches. So you can see where it stopped, but all the other, all the other locations, we can see that um, it went well past that 48 inch spot. Yeah. So now that we understand how to read, now that we've seen some examples, we understand what to look for in the data. Now we can start thinking about setting goals. Early on in the year is a really great time to think about setting goals for ourselves and being able to have the system help us set those goals and to keep those goals. So if you don't know who your account manager is, that means that we're not doing our job. <laughs> um, we at Jane like to be very hands-on with the growers that we work with. And we like to make sure that there's that constant line of communication open. Um, so that way, at the beginning of the season, we can reach out to our growers and say, how did you do? What did you like? What did, what did you not like about what you did last season? And, and how can we change that going forward? And then we can work with you to set your bounds and to set your root zone. So that way we make sure that it's as up to date as possible. And it's representing exactly what we're trying to do in the coming season. So what I'll do now is um, we'll actually do a live example of setting bounds on a soil moisture probe together. So I'll shift over here to Jane Logic again. And we're gonna set the bounds by coming back to the default measurement chart here. And we're gonna click on detail. So I like to pull up a lot, a lot of data because the nice part about having all this data is we can look at trends, we can look at how are we irrigating? And if we know that we were doing our job and we got a good return, then that we're probably doing something right. So I'm gonna go ahead and zoom in on this portion of data here. I'm gonna go ahead and click and drag on the data. So that way we can zoom in and get a better view of what's going on in the data. I'll go ahead and collapse these other depths on the probe. So that way we're just gonna focus on our irrigation zone, because this is what's going to influence the color on that icon here. So what I like to do is I just scroll my mouse over the data and I look at the values of the peaks and the values of the valleys and I take a mental average here. So we see we have 114 and then we have 109, excuse me, 110, 111, 111. So I'm going to say 111 is about is probably our mental average. And then we'll come back here and we'll do this for the valleys as well. So 95, 95, excuse me, 97, 97, 
95. So I'm gonna go ahead and shoot for 95 on the bottom end here. So I'm gonna come over here and I'm gonna select these three dots. And this is gonna open up the edit bounds view. So I said 111 for the wet. I like to go one point higher. So that way I know that if we go past that top bound, we're going past field capacity and we're, we're getting into oversaturation. So I'll set that as 112. And then same thing on the dry side. I know that if I'm going past my lower bound, I'm starting to get into the onset of stress zone. So we said 95. So I'll go ahead and set that for 94. And you can see that it's already updating in the system here. And then we're just gonna click save. And we can see that the colors are now um, uh, populated on the chart here. I'll go ahead and close out of the detailed view. And we can see our icon still has a question mark. So I'm just gonna go ahead and refresh the page. And when I do that, there it is. The icon now has a color. It has the current status of where our soil moisture is in the profile in comparison to where we set our bounds. So this is now representative of how we're irrigating during the season. So it's winter time right now. We haven't really applied a whole bunch of irrigation. We've gotten some rains, but as we start to put on more irrigation to wake these vines up and get ready for fruit set and bloom, we're gonna see that icon start to change color. That's great. And so that's, that's my ranch. And if I've got multiple fields and I've got multiple red dials, I know exactly where I'm going first thing in the morning. Right. If everything's operating just fine. Uh, I'm on to my next right. job. I don't have to go inspect that. Exactly, exactly. And we, we have users that, you know, they sit down, they, they get into the office uh, early in the morning, they grab coffee uh, from the break room and they, they check out Jane Logic before they hit the road and go and start inspecting fields. So they know exactly like you talked about, you know, where are my problem areas that I need to spend more time today? Where do I not? I know that my guys were supposed to be irrigating yesterday and that my pro profile should be filling up. It's not filled up already. Did that happen? We can get all that kind of information from just a simple color change of the icons like that. Yeah, what a time saver. Exactly, exactly. So um, along with editing the bounds, we can also edit this root zone on the infiltration widget. Unfortunately, we don't have time for that type of a talk today. It's a little bit more involved, but if you would like, reach out to me afterwards. I'd be more than happy to set up a Zoom where we can walk through it together, or I could even set it for you. It's very simple to do. So once we have our bounds set and we're working with our irrigate, or excuse me, our account managers <clears throat> to make sure that everything's set, if we want to take this one step further, I'm just going to go ahead and shamelessly plug our new water management service we have. So if you wanted to take this a step further and said, you know, G Connor, I really like having access to all this data. I like having this peace of mind, knowing that I can report how much water I applied, showing that I'm being a good steward, showing that I'm getting ready for Sigma. Uh, but I really just don't have the time to sit and dive deep into the data. You can sign up for a water management service. It's a per acre charge where each week your account manager, somebody like myself, would review the data, pull a report based on the data coming out of your system. And then we would actually provide you an irrigation schedule recommendation. Um, so we could say, you know, you need to put on 36 hours of water this week. I think we should break that up over Tuesday and Thursday, and you can come back and we can have that discussion whether or not that's gonna work based on your constraints. So Connor, to do that water management service, do I have to buy a lot of equipment? No, that's the nice part about the water management service is that's included as part of the service. We would put that hardware out there 
on our at our cost and we would put out what we think would be needed to be able to provide the ample amount of service. So typically it's a soil moisture probe and a pressure sensor and then we're off to the races. So if I, uh, if I want to sign up for the service and spend the first year or two uh, getting the help of an advisor but learning the system myself, uh, I could do that and then potentially just buy the equipment and start doing it on my own. Of course, of course. You know, we hope that having this open dialogue and working with growers that we're also teaching the growers that we're working with and that they feel confident enough to start working with it themselves. So yes, there, there is buyout options after each year of service that you would have available to you. You would get a credit back to you and then that credit would go towards the purchase of the system. Wow, that's yeah. great. That's a great way to learn it. I love having, uh, you know, I, whatever sport I've done, if I've uh, employed a coach at some point, uh, I always get uh, better faster. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so we, we want to kind of view ourselves as really water management or, or water consultor, excuse me, water consultants um, in this next phase of our development and our evolution as Jane. So again, you know, if you're, if you're interested in learning more about the water management um, or if you're an existing Jane Logic user or somebody who's interested in it and wants to learn a little bit more about the setup process or interacting with the data, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to have a conversation. Um, I really enjoy talking about it. Yeah, great job, Connor. We just have one last question. Uh, sure. And that is um, uh, from one of our viewers, they wanna know if I don't have water management services, mm -hmm. I just need to call you or customer service to change my bounds. Is there right. a charge for that? Nope, nope. We account managers want to be involved. We want to be there to be able to help you. And we understand that sometimes this type of uh, a uh, tool can be a little bit overwhelming and you might not be super familiar with it. So we like to check in with our growers that we work with regularly and make sure that, that there's nothing that's uh, not being addressed. So if you need help with bounds, feel free to reach out free of charge. We can do that. I actually just did it today, helping your grower set bounds. And uh, we're always here to help. We're not going to set you up and run away. Yeah, that's great. That's, uh, that's a lot of great service for uh, no charge. So uh, one last thing, I know we're getting ready to start the irrigation season very shortly now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you guys are running some specials uh, ahead of the uh, new right. season. Right, yeah. So um, this goes out to both existing Jane Logic users and uh, people who may have invested in another technology. Um, there's, no, there's a number of technology providers that are actually going out of business um, this coming year. And uh, you're saying, gee, you know, I really enjoyed having access to the soil moisture data, but um, my platform that I've been viewing it on is going to be going out of out of date or um, is no longer going to be supported. Um, we're having a trade-in deal to convert those sites over. Alternatively, for existing Jane users, if you have an older site that's starting to get on the last leg of its life, uh, we have units that are actually still functioning that have, were installed back in 2006, believe it or not. And um, you know, some of those are starting to age out and you want to convert and upgrade to the latest, greatest device, like you can see here on the screen. We're offering a $400 credit off of the purchase of the C3, the communication unit, and then 20% off of any sensors that you would like uh, to be connected to that device. Wow, that's really a nice offer. And, you yeah. know, especially to the people who are losing their uh, information, their, uh, their dashboard, right? My heart goes out to them. And uh, what I think uh, this Jane technology has been around since like 2005 or something, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's been around a long time and, and we're still here. We're continuing to invest in the company, both um, not only in releasing uh, new advancements, but 
um, also investing in the, our IT to make sure that we're providing the most robust and uh, top-notch service around. Yeah. So, well, again, Connor, thanks very much. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to take us through this. Uh, I know I am a lot further ahead now than I was a few hours ago. So thank you. It's really uh, interesting. Thank you to all of our viewers today who joined us. We appreciate your time. We hope we're hitting the education mark. Uh, and uh, I'm always interested in hearing any comments or any suggestions of what you want to uh, see in the future. Uh, as always, you can go to the janesusa.com website and view any of our irrigation trainings there for free. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you want to just listen as you're driving around on your job, it's a great way to learn uh, all this irrigation uh, technology and information uh, in a really efficient manner. So again, thank you to our viewers. Thank you, Connor. And uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks very much. Thank you.